0: We're glad that uh, you're with us today. If you have a Bible, you might be opening um, to Isaiah chapter 2. Appreciate Frank singing songs from Isaiah. That's what we'll be focusing on here over the the next uh, several weeks. And so we're going to turn our attention to Isaiah chapter chapter 2 this morning. Let's begin with the reading of the word. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the latter days, the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be lifted up above the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it. And many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that he may walk that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light. Of the Lord. For you have rejected your people, the house of Jacob, because they are full of things from the east and of fortune tellers like the Philistines, and they strike hands with the children of foreigners. Their land is filled with silver and gold, and there is no end to their treasures. Their land is filled with horses, and there is no end to their chariots. Their land is filled with idols, they bow down to the work of their hands to what their own fingers have made. So man is humbled and each one is brought low. Do not forgive them. Enter into the rock and hide in the dust from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty. The haughty looks of man shall be brought low and the lofty pride of men shall be humbled and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. For the Lord of hosts has a day against all that is proud and lofty, against all that is lifted up, and it shall be brought low. The word of the Lord. Well, after listening uh, to that text, you may be wondering, you know, what did I just hear? Uh, The prophets are not straightforward, not the most straightforward books in the Bible, and this is because they're not giving us narrative, they're not giving us law. Most of the time they're not telling a story. Instead, what we find in the prophets is poetry and vision. And God speaks to these individuals, and the medium that He often uses is poetry. Well, for the last two weeks I've been watching Ken Burns' documentary on country music, and there are many lessons to be learned from this film And one of them is that words matter. What made country music so great was the songwriting. And songs are poems. That's what they are. And a good song will make you think. And sometimes you have to listen to it over and over again until you finally grasp what is being said. You know, at one point in the film, Jack White Uh, talks about how great a wordsmith Loretta Lynn is. And they were writing a song together, and she gave him a line, and and he was confused. And he repeated it over and over and over again. And all of a sudden, you know, it clicked. The, the, The light came on, and he got it. And he was blown away by her brilliance. And sometimes we have to treat the prophets this way. We can come to a text and we might be a little confused. We might not get it on that first reading. And my advice to you would be just keep reading. Read it over and over again until it does become clear. Because the, the prophets are often uh, poetry, just like a song. But they're also more than this. They are the Word of God. And so the book of Isaiah begins with these words... For the Lord has spoken. And so we want to pay attention because we want to hear the word of God. We want it to to work in our lives just as it has worked in the lives of many people who have come before us. Well, a careful examination of Isaiah 2 will show that it's not random, it's not carelessly laid out. In fact, it is intricately designed and it has a message with two main points. And the, the, what Isaiah wants to get across here is that there are two things that will transform your life. And they are hope and humility. And so the first part of the chapter, verses 1-5, through 5, that focuses on hope. And the rest of the chapter focuses on humility. And so the chapter opens with Isaiah presenting a vision of what is to come. And he says, it shall come to pass in the latter days. And the latter days, or the last days, is a phrase that's found throughout the Bible. And it means, it indicates a period of time beginning with Jesus coming to this earth and concluding when he returns again. And so the birth of Jesus marks a new age. This event is so monumental that that we still use it as the basis for our calendar. We're living in the last days right now. And they're going to conclude when Jesus comes back again. This means that that some of the vision that Isaiah gives here has already happened, and some of it has not. And so we're living kind of in this in-between time. We're, we're, We're living between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. And what is God's plan for the world? Well, part of it is revealed in this chapter. In ancient times, temples and shrines were placed on on high mountains. And the idea was that the, the closer you could get to God, the better. Well, the temple in Jerusalem wasn't like this. The temple in Jerusalem sat on a small hill. There were other hills and mountains around it that that were taller, you know, that that were higher than this hill. But God says, one day the house of the Lord shall be established on the highest of mountains. Now, this does not mean that, that God is going to place an actual temple on an actual mountain. What it means is that we live in a world that often looks down upon the significance of God and His church. There are great powers in our world. There are governments and corporations and sports leagues and entertainment industries and and so on and so on. In the the midst of all these entities, God is sometimes forgotten. Not only that, God is sometimes mocked and He's looked down upon and, and He's pushed to the side. But there's coming a day when every knee shall bow. And everyone will see and understand the significance of who God is. And this is what Isaiah has in mind. He's looking forward to a day when God will be honored as He should be honored. And he talks about people from all nations following the way of God. And people will know God and they will walk in His paths And because of this, they'll want to live differently. And and, and he talks about some of this. He says they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. And so they will turn the weapons of war into farming tools. What they used to use to to hurt and kill people, they're now going to use to feed people. And, And he says this is what we have to look forward to. This this is the future that God has planned for all of us. And at the end of the vision, a a plea is made. He concludes with this, O house of Jacob, come let us walk in the light of the Lord. And so the world is a mess. Sin is wreaking havoc on humanity. But, But Israel is invited to live as if God's future is a reality. And Jesus teaches us to do the same thing in the Lord's Prayer when He teaches us to pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is not just a plea for God to act in our fallen world. It is that. But at the same time, it's an invitation for us to live as if Jesus has returned and already made all things right. And so we're to live godly and righteously right now. And this means we're to treat our neighbors differently. We're to love our enemies, and we're to pray for them. We're we're to do good, and we're to to seek to right all wrongs. God wants us to make an impact on the lives of others. Our our church is to make a difference in this community. And so LaGrange, the, the town of LaGrange, should be a better place because of this church. You know, because of us... Uh, People should be getting uh, the help that they need. Uh, Because of us, you know, children who are hungry are being fed. Because of us, people are hearing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we should be devoted to to living in such a way that people get a small glimpse of what is to come. Well, in the next few verses, Isaiah uh, indicts the people of God. He says that God has rejected his people, and then he lists several reasons why. And everything he lists here has one thing in common, and it's associated with securing the future. And so basically, what Israel is doing is Israel is failing to trust in God. And instead, they've turned to fortune tellers, they've turned to wealth, they've turned to a strong military, they've turned to idols. And they believe if they could simply secure their future, then everything would be okay. And Isaiah reminds them, you don't need all these things. What you really need is God. Because all the wealth in the world will not secure secure for you an eternal home. And the strongest military in the world cannot protect you from the pitfalls of sin. And what you really need, Israel, and what we need today is God. And in order for this to happen, he says, you need to humble yourselves. And so the point of the rest of the chapter is that you can either humble yourselves now, or God's going to do it in the days to come. And this is all summed up in verse 11, where he says... The haughty looks of man shall be brought low and the lofty pride of men shall be humbled and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. You know, as I was watching that, that Ken Burns documentary on country music, this, this theme of humility kept coming up over and over again. In fact, the, the last episode was entitled Don't Get Above Your Raisin. And, and the G is missing from the end of that. It's not talking about the... the the little fruit that you eat, raisin, but how you were raised. Uh, And and the G's missing because that's how we talk in the South. But, uh, you know, uh, we've made it a point to value and emphasize humility in Southern culture. And one example of this in the film was the fact that, that country music stars always remembered that it was the fans who made them successful and therefore... They, they were always willing to, to meet and interact with their fans. You know, other entertainers wouldn't always do this, but, but they would. And uh, one example of this is, is Garth Brooks on one occasion signed autographs for 23 hours straight. And he didn't want to turn anyone away. And he wanted to make sure that, that everyone got their autograph. And, uh, you know, you think about that. Did he have to do it? No. You know, he was successful. He already had made millions of dollars. But humility was a part of who he was. And he didn't see himself as better than anyone else. And I hope and pray that we as a culture continue to value and encourage humility. Because it's hard nowadays. We live in a different time. We live in the age of social media where everyone is striving for likes We live in the reality TV era where people want to make a name for themselves regardless of talent or virtue. We live in a time when people want their their lives to look perfect. We want the the perfect picture to post on Instagram. And we want our lives to look amazing even though we're struggling every day. And what are we doing? You know, it's not making us any happier. Uh, Depression rates are, are... skyrocketing suicide rates continue to climb we have more than our grandparents ever dreamed of but I don't think we can say that that we're better off well God tells us in Isaiah to get low he warns us not to think too highly of ourselves and if Isaiah were a country boy from the south he might say don't get above your raisin And that's not just good advice. It's about who you are. You know, it's about standing in line for 23 hours straight to look people in the eye and tell them thank you. It's about how we treat others. And it's about where our priorities lie. And if we're going to truly love our neighbor, then we cannot begin from a position of superiority. We cannot love our neighbor while we're looking down on them. And so to to place ourselves above another human being is to break one of the fundamental principles of Scripture. And so in the first chapter of the Bible, God tells us that all human beings are created in His image. This means that no person is above another, nor is any person below someone else. And when we practice humility, we are honoring God's design for humanity. We are living as God intended us to live. We're treating one another as God wants us to treat them. And it all begins with how we view others. And so the focus on humility in Isaiah 2 is that we're to treat others with respect and and view them as God views them. But that's not all he has in mind with humility. Humility also uh, has to do with our relationship with God. And so the, the opposite of humility is pride. And when we're puffed up or when we're we're full of ourselves, we have an improper view of our relationship to God. We're thinking too highly of ourselves and not highly enough of God. And so the the sin of Isaiah 2 is the same sin that's committed at the Tower of Babel. And the people at Babel, you'll remember, said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. And the focus here was on themselves. And they talked about themselves. Let us do this, let us do that. And behind it all was they were seeking to make a name for themselves. And God was nowhere to be found. He was out of the picture. And they thought they were doing something brilliant, And eventually, God has to stoop down to take a look at their insignificant tower. And they were puffed up. And they were full of themselves. And they didn't think that they needed God. Well, having a right relationship with God begins with humility. And not only do we need to know that all humans are equal, we also need to know that we're not God that God is above us, that God is greater than us, that, that He's higher than us, that He's holier than us. And it's up to us to recognize this. We need God. And when we are proud or puffed up, it's hard for us to see this. It's also essential that we approach God properly. And so we must have the right posture when we come before God. We don't come before God with our, with our chest bowed out. We come before Him and we bow down. We get low. We acknowledge the greatness of God. In Genesis 11, the people built a tower. Today, we build all kinds of things. We build companies. We build sports franchises. We build nations. We build movie universes, and much, much more. And the things we build today are not any more ridiculous than a tower to heaven. We build them, and then we step back to admire our own greatness. And we think highly of ourselves, even though God has to stoop down to see what we've done. And this is why Isaiah comes to us, and he tells us, to get low, to humble ourselves before the God of the universe. Isaiah 2 begins with a vision. God is going to make all things right. He has a a wonderful future planned for each and every one of us. It will be a time of joy and peace. Evil will be no more. Sin will be destroyed. But it's up to us to prepare ourselves for this future reality. And we must humble ourselves and live as if the future is now. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so may we hear the words of the prophet and live them out in our daily lives. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you today and we thank you for your holy word, which reminds us of your future plans and gives us hope of what is to come. Father, we pray that we will have this vision before us each and every day as we go about our lives and that we will trust in it and that we will strive to, to live um, In mind of it so that people might get a glimpse of what your plan is. Father, we pray that we would be a humble people, that we would not think too highly of ourselves, and that we would see everyone around us just as you see them and treat them as you would treat them. Father, we're so thankful for Jesus who modeled this in his life, And we're thankful for his sacrifice upon the cross. Pray this in his name. Amen.